Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. I got a little news for you. It's the news update on Make It Rain. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Jared. I'm Alex Fasano with your Make It Rain news update. We got a great weekend ahead of us, guys. It's Friday. We made it to the end of the week, and let's get into it. Starting with the NBA slate from last night, we'll start with the Bucks and the Celtics. Bucks taking them down 128 to 123. Giannis Antetokounmpo, 32 points, 17 rebounds. Nice double-double for him. And Chris Middleton adding 23 points and four assists as well. For the Celtics, Kemba Walker, a nice double-double, 40 points, 11 rebounds. But the NBA-leading Bucks have now won five straight games, taking out everybody in the East. Bucks are uh, steamrolling steam everybody here in the early half of the season. Giannis, I think, is also your favorite to win the MVP as we speak. Only uh, second to Luka Doncic, who has my vote uh, after he had his 12th triple-double a uh, couple nights ago. But that is a conversation for another day. Let's get into another game, guys. The Pelicans taking down the Jazz in overtime, 138-132. to Brandon Ingram, a new career high, 49 points. Derek Favors added a nice double-double of 21 points and 11 rebounds. For the Jazz, Donovan Mitchell had 46 points. Rudy Gobert had a nice double-double of 17 points, 14 rebounds. But the New Orleans Pelicans snap the Jazz's 10-game win streak. So shout-out to the Pelicans. They will soon be getting Zion Williamson back for his season and also his career debut. I believe that's the 22nd next week. That's next Wednesday. So we will see what happens when Zion finally steps on the court for the Pelicans. Let's switch over to Major League Baseball, where the Mets agreed to part ways with manager Carlos Beltran. Who could have saw this coming? The only player to be named in Major League Baseball's investigation of the Houston Astros. Here's a statement from Jeff Wilpon and Brody Van Wagenen. They said, quote, this is not an easy decision. Considering the circumstances, it became clear to all parties that it was not in anyone's best interest for Carlos to move forward as the Mets manager. Gee, I wonder what gave you that idea. Mm. The fact that he mm. cheated or the fact that he was named in the investigation for cheating. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Beltran's the third manager to lose his job because of this, according, uh, along with A.J. Hinch and Alex Cora. So now the question is, who's the new manager? You got 24 days, I think, until pitchers and catchers report. So is it the new bench coach, Hen- Hensley Mullins, I think his name is? Is it Eduardo Perez? Is it Buck Showalter? I mean, Terry Collins, Terry Collins, Hensley friggin Mullen, the old Yankee, the, the, the failed New York. That's Yankee our new bench outcome. coach. Come on. Wow. Wasn't he busted for steroids? Probably. Joe, actually, I'm going to have to hang up soon because the Mets are calling me to do an interview for the manager. Oh, oh. OK, good. I have to good. take the rest of the yep. show off. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. If you need help, just keep us on the line. We'll help you through yeah. that interview. Absolutely. I got you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I like yep, Jared Dodds. I like Jared yep. Dodds to get the new managerial position. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll mm-hmm. take anybody at this point, right? As long wow. as you're not a cheater. Hensley Mullins. <laughs> Very still out on that. Yeah, <laughs> right? Remember that one? Crazy. Mm. Um, but, hey, we'll, we'll see what happens. Maybe the Mets finally get uh, ahead of the game and sooner rather than later find a new manager. Sticking with the MLB, guys, the San Francisco Giants hire the first ever female coach in Major League Baseball Good history. For them. I believe her name is Alyssa Nakin or Nakin. 
Uh, she was named assistant under the Giants manager, Gabe Kapler. She is the first full-time female coach in the majors. She was a softball standout at Sacramento State, and she joined the club in 2014 as an intern of baseball operations. And here is a quote from Kapler. Simply, I think she's going to be a great coach. Merit and ability to be a great coach trumps all. So it's great to see a female uh, coach in Major League Baseball. I think the last one is, uh, what, NFL? They have female referee, but we got to get a female coach now in the league. So uh, kudos to the Giants, and congratulations to Alyssa on a job well done. Let's go to the NFL, guys, where Antonio Brown's agent has conditionally terminated their relationship. Drew Rosenhaus has said he will not work with Antonio Brown until the free agent seeks counseling. He would like to work with Brown, but... Not until he first gets help. Uh, he is actually still under investigation for the sexual allegation, sexual assault allegations and sexual misconduct uh, investigation. So the NFL is still investigating. Um, this is a guy, too, Drew Rosenhaus, who's worked with Terrell Owens, Chad Johnson, uh, and Rob Gronkowski. And this pushed him over the edge. You know, he's, I'm sure he's seen a lot working with these guys, but I guess Antonio Brown was too much for him. And I don't blame him. The guy does need help as he was seen throwing a bag of yes. you-know-whats to his baby mama and in front of his kids on his lawn. I mean, yes. this is just a terrible look for him. Poor kid, I wonder poor if those kids. were left over from Halloween. Like, who carries a, uh, you know, who has gummy bears in the, <laughs> in the I, I don't know. If I don't it's anyone, it. it's him. Like, yeah, no, that's true. Like, it's uh, it's an interesting choice of candy, I'm just saying. Very yeah, interesting. It's, uh, interesting mm-hmm. choice of candy. Interesting uh, mm-hmm. actions from Antonio Brown. Yet again, mm-hmm. he, doesn't learn, he doesn't know when to stop. So hopefully yep. he seeks counseling and gets the help he needs. Let's talk about championship weekend, guys. In the NFC, the Packers taking on the 49ers. 49ers are 7.5 point favorites. The total is 46.5. And, and in the AFC, it's the Titans visiting the Chiefs. Chiefs are your 7.5 point favorites. The total is 52. And a half. All right, gonna send it back to the crew on Make It Rain, helping you win some cash before the weekend. The Sports Grid Network. Let it rain. Remember the class where I taught y'all how to make it rain? Make it rain. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. All right, here we go. Hour two on the grid, sportsgrid.com. I'm Joe Ranieri. He is Jared Smith. Is, uh, Dane is uh, recovering. Uh, actually, I don't think he's been to sleep yet here in Miami on a bachelor party. Uh, Bore help him. And uh, not detox to mention day. it's like it's a detox yeah, day. 82 degrees uh, here at 6 o'clock in the morning. So Ugh. I'm fairly certain he's uh, he might be sweating to death, too, as well. Flip uh, the numbers for us, Joe. 28 tw- up how here much, today. What? Ooh. I woke up, and it was freezing in my apartment because I don't put the heat on in the wintertime because right. I've got, like, this brick facade that oh. keeps things warm. And I even Good. had to put the heat on today. It was, oh. it was, very, it was very nippy here oh. in the Man- Manhattan area. Yeah, I got to tell you, the air conditioning is on, like, 63 here. It's a little <laughs> chilly. Lie, dude. It is a little chilly in here. Uh, but we got much to cover over here. Guests uh, galore, too. Maxwell Smart will join us here in just a couple of minutes. A college basketball extraordinaire. We'll talk about uh, a game or two today, plus this weekend. Huge, uh, huge card coming up tomorrow. And then uh, Jay, our old buddy Jay, the uh, sports gag, will join us. He's got uh, some thoughts on... Uh, Conor McGregor entering the uh, the ring. He has done a fantastic job when it comes to UFC fights of uh, providing us plenty of opportunities to make it rain. Uh, he He's cashing, and he's got a couple of fights that he likes on this card. So much, much to get to, including Green Bay, San Francisco, and Kansas City and the Titans. Who will 
Who will be playing for that Super Bowl, guys? Who will be in my neck of the woods here in a couple of weeks? Uh, yeah, listen, there's a part of me, I'm not going to lie, that thinks it would just be hilarious if Ryan Tannehill oh, yeah. was at Hard Rock Stadium playing for his. I'm just <laughs> saying that there are, you might hear a collective boom because Dolphin fans' heads might explode uh, here in Miami, <laughs> but there is something. Very poet um, because he is a good guy. You want to talk about it? The sure. dude never did anything wrong. He just yeah. he was, you know, it's six offensive coordinators in seven years. Like it was just never good guy was just never given a chance to succeed. So hey, he's a nice Texas boy, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he started off with Sherman as his head coach. Guy. Terrible, absolutely terrible. So we'll get to that. Much to get to. Plenty of time to make it rain. Let's do it here over the next 55 minutes. Next on The Grid, sportsgrid.com. Sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Must mean Love that uh, that our boy Maxwell Smart joining us here, part of uh, our friends at the Sports Keg Crew, and nobody does college hoops quite like uh, Max does, especially when you're looking for uh, junior college odds. Nobody knows the games you have never heard about in your life like Max does. Joining us here, looking to make it rain. So, uh, Max, welcome in. Thanks for taking the time here. And uh, interesting night last night in uh, in college hoops, including a game you and I talked about yesterday. Uh, William and Mary in the Colonial getting it uh, getting it done on the road uh, in a matchup that some people thought they were not going to be able to handle, but uh, they took down Delaware. Well done. Hey, listen, it's well done to both of us because uh, Bob and Mary took care of business once again on the road. This is a well-coached team. you got twin towers. And you know what? When you got big men in college basketball, especially at the mid-major level, it makes a big difference. Uh, you know, you talk about mid-major level here. I got to ask you, um, what have been your – what have you noticed so far here? And in a lot of these games, because to me it seems like this year this home-road dichotomy of teams – and it's it's always been this way to a certain degree, but it just seems like the ability of teams, both on the mid-major level and, of course, in the big stage, uh, I, I can't remember a time where we've seen so many teams struggle to win games on the road. And, for instance, even in that William & Mary game last night, that's their fifth road win. And it does seem like some of these teams who can win on the road, they seem much better prepared come March. Um, are you noticing that across the board as well? Teams just can't win on the road. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of it, absolutely. I do think that once we get into the second matchups for conference season, we are going to see some road teams have a little bit more success. But it is always hard to travel, go into a different environment on unfamiliar rims and unfamiliar sightlines. So uh, for a lot of these players, I understand how there's a little more pressure and the odds makers are luring in the betters by uh, making some of these road favorites quite chalky. I think that it's going to even out. Uh, but as of right now, it's something that you have to be aware of, and you really have to put a lot into your capping. 
Maxwell, we all know about the ACC. We all know about the Big Ten. We all know about the Big East. Those are going to be the big conferences, Big 12, come come tournament time. But now that we're starting to get uh, into the meat of the conference season, what are some conferences that maybe better should look for where there's maybe some trends that you can kind of speak to or an underrated conference that once we get to March, hey, these are some teams you should keep an eye on if conference or teams from these conferences do end up making the tournament? Um, I think that there's definitely value when it comes to some of these smaller conferences like the Western Athletic Conference. I've been riding the UMKC Kangaroos as far as uh, totals for full games, which have been quite profitable. And I've also been riding Chicago State Unders. Chicago State's one of the worst teams in the nation. They play very ugly basketball. They're lucky to get 10 people to come to their games, but it's been very profitable to hit Unders. I think that once we get to the tournament, I think that we're going to see some of these really um, quality and full of parity smaller conferences um, really beat up on each other. And I think that that will actually um, single out the one team in that conference that's going to be able to possibly upset someone from ACC or Big Ten because we know what's going to happen. There's a ton of parity in NCAA basketball Division One this year. And I think that's just going to continue to grow with the way that top recruits are viewing the college game and deciding to go pro instead. Well, I mean, speaking of uh, one of the big mid-major darlings this year, how about the Dayton Flyers tonight uh, Mm. on the road taking on St. Louis? Big matchup here tonight. And listen, uh, Dayton is a team, many people since even the start of the year, and you notice, Max, a lot of people have been circling them saying this is not a team to mess with home road. Um, They play defense. They're they're athletic. They got great shooters. They're very well balanced. Um, They find themselves uh, on the road here laying nine, it looks like, eight and nine uh, across the board. Talk to me about this Dayton team, man. Are they a sleeper? Do you like them? Dayton is definitely a sleeper, but unfortunately, I think that the I think that the the cat's out of the bag with them. We've seen them really be quite dominant in the first half. This is a team that has not trailed um at for at, in the first half at all this season. This is a team that just does a fantastic job of getting back in transition and guarding in transition. I think that is key to their defense. They're very beastly on the boards. When you have a game changing player like Obi Toppin, uh, he definitely garners a lot of the um, a lot of the attention. But we have to talk about six foot one Jalen Crutcher. This is the guy that is going to run the point. This is the guy that's going to be guarding the best backcourt weapon on their opponent on any given night. And you know what? When he can give you 16 points a game and he can really guard the best point guard on the other team, I think that this Dayton team is going to keep on climbing. I look for Dayton in this spot specifically. My numbers really like Dayton as a first-half favorite at three-and-a-half or four points. That would be the play that I'd be looking at because with the St. Louis team, this is a different team that they played last year. I think that the main difference is they're playing their younger first off They're playing with a lot less depth. And with Javante Perkins coming off the bench, this is the guy that Dane has to lock down in order to stop the the St. Louis uh, Billikens tonight. I think that they do get it done first half and full game. But for the show and for um, all the listeners, I definitely recommend taking Dayton minus three and a half or minus four on the first half when the line comes out. 
Yeah, the Atlantic 10's always been one of the more underrated conferences uh, in the mm-hmm. nation. I think that's certainly uh, the case again this year. Speaking of mm-hmm. underrated conferences, I don't know if you could put them in this category, but I think the Big East is a fascinating conference this year. Uh, it, it's been a weird couple of years for the Big East, you know, without Villanova as that kind of stalwart team over the last couple of seasons. I think they've kind of taken a back seat, but it seems like the Big East is back. Miles Powell might be the best player in the nation, and what they did the other night uh, at Butler was certainly very impressive. Uh, Cap the Big East for me, top to bottom. Is Seton Hall really the best team? Is Butler still the best team? I think Villanova uh, certainly can make some hay. And there's a couple of sleeper teams in there. I would throw St. John's DePaul into that mix. The Big East might be the the deepest conference in America this season. Yes, Jared, I would actually agree with you there. I think that it goes... Um, it goes the Big East and then the Big Ten is the deepest conferences. And when we're talking about the Big East, it has been thrilling basketball. It has been a challenge for every road team to go out and win on the road. Uh, alluding to Joe's earlier point about teams struggling on the road. I think that this is something that betters have been able to um, narrow in on and been able to capitalize on. I think that when you look at Seton Hall, Seton Hall, I think, is better coached. I think that the level of upperclassmen and the mix of guys like Jared Roden coming into the lineup is going to be beneficial for the program. And like you said, Miles Powell, in my opinion as well, is the best player in college basketball today. He plays 2A basketball. He's going to score the basketball in the way that the defense allows him. And I think that this Scene Hall team plays great team basketball and they know how to win games. I think that um, that game against Butler really highlighted some of the issues that we're going to see with Butler. And we have to remember that these rankings in front of their names are given by writers and not necessarily people that, that are in the analytics um, community. So I think that with the Big East, we're going to have battles all the way through and we can have a big surprise from a team like Providence or a team like Marquette in the Big East tournament and make a run and possibly win it. All right, real quick before we get you out of here, just about a minute left. Uh, battle of the top teams, Southern Conference tonight, Furman, Wofford, Wofford home getting points. <laughs> Do you have to take Wofford in this spot? I think so, because watching that game against Chattanooga, they were completely out of their element. It was a complete letdown spot coming off the East Tennessee game. And I think that Wofford tonight with Nathan Hoover and Storm Murphy get back down to business. I think that this is going to be a defensive game. I think it's going to come down to the last couple minutes. But I do hope and expect Wofford on their home court um, by my numbers to win this game by at least three points. So at two or two and a half, there is value on Wofford as the home dog. And I look for them to take care of business um, full game. I'm not too sure about first half because Furman has been quite dominant in the first half. The numbers favor them. But when it comes to Wofford at home, coming off that kind of embarrassing performance for Chattanooga, it's Terriers all day or pass. All right, Dayton in the first half. We've got Wofford full game. Take the points. He is Maxwell Smart. Make sure you check him out, guys, of course, on Twitter. He is the man, Maxwell Smart, at Maxwell Smart 420. Brother, enjoy the games. Thanks for taking the time, man. We'll talk again next week. Thanks very much, guys. Appreciate it. Talk to you next week. You got it, Maxwell Smart. More hoops next on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
right, could be uh, time. No, not a could be. It's definitely time. We're at the halfway point in the NBA season thus far, and what better time now than for you to become the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire, especially in the NBA DFS community, and you can do so with DailyRoto.com. We want you to dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season, compete with the pros using the DailyRoto.com optimizer. It's got the most accurate projections available in NBA DFS+. Plus. Lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much, much more. You can save 10% now on winning NBA DFS advice using that promo code DUNK. Just head over to DailyRoto.com forward slash DUNK to learn more. That is DailyRoto.com forward slash DUNK. And remember that DailyRoto.com, we're not just saying it. Well, we're saying it too, but it's definitely where millionaires are made. And welcome in here on this uh, Friday. Uh, coming up, we'll uh, we'll see if we can get our uh, our buddy Jay, the sports king, on here to break down the uh, Conor McGregor UFC fight against uh, a guy I believe they're picking up from the assisted living facility uh, this afternoon. Uh, so Cowboy Cerrone, you, uh, they'll wheel him <laughs> into the ring. It should be an awful lot of fun. Minus 350 as the numbers continue to go up there. But, uh, of course, uh, Jared, uh, Jared Smith joining us here is uh, Dane is passed out in cinnamon. Uh, is it cinnamon or with? Oh, it's Ashley. Well, it's always Ashley or cinnamon. L-I-V. Uh, yes. Yeah. He's having a good time at his bachelor party here. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's funny. Now, bringing that up there. Great stuff from uh, Maxwell regarding uh, college he's, hoops. But the NBA, it is. It, it's coming to that halfway point, And we watched uh, last night. We watched the uh, a couple of other upsets there, some games that we yeah. didn't think were going to be close. We're close, but uh, you know, congratulations, Milwaukee Bucks at home take down the uh, the Boston Celtics, one twenty eight, one twenty three. Another one of these back to back losses for Boston at home against Detroit. It was a tough spot for them going on a road and playing yeah. in Milwaukee, where they were nineteen and two at home going into that game last night. Uh, but once again, uh, Middleton and company. Milwaukee can shoot. They got length. They got size. They can shoot. They are exactly the worst matchup for Boston uh, in the NBA this year. It's, uh, you know, it's funny. The Miami Heat are built to be a giant pain in the ass for the Sixers and for Milwaukee. But Boston, again, I just don't see Boston getting past either Philadelphia or Milwaukee too much length, uh, too much defense. And they just they don't have enough. They're not big enough in order to compete on the boards, it seems. Yeah, no, and actually, you know, you take that a step further. I mean, if the playoffs started today, it'd be Boston against the Pacers. I wouldn't yep. put it past the Pacers to steal that matchup. Uh, the yep. Pacers have been sneaky good, and, you know, they're going to get Oladipo back, and, and you know, Brogdon's been an incredible force for them. Uh, you know, so Indiana's a very interesting team. I don't think Indiana's in that upper echelon like Miami or Milwaukee is, uh, or even Philadelphia, but I, I certainly think Indiana can make some noise. The Eastern Conference, as usual, it's interesting because you do not have – uh, with the exception of Milwaukee, you've got a lot of kind of pretenders trying to be that number two spot. I, I don't think there's anyone as talented in the NBA uh, or in the Eastern Conference, especially uh, as this Bucks team is top to bottom. But when you get to the playoffs and you're so dependent on one guy like Giannis Antetokounmpo, it, there are interesting matchups that can be had. And Miami is certainly that team uh, with the way that they defend, especially with the emergence of Bam Adebayo, that can cause Milwaukee some problems. I'll tell you what, Joe, and I, I wish I jumped on at 50-1. to 1. The Heat are still 42-1 to 1 to win the title. And I know it's a long are. shot, and I, and, and, and I know it's not one of those teams that you would expect to win the NBA championship. But, man, oh, man, if they find a way to, to upset Milwaukee in those Eastern Conference Finals and you get a team at 42-1 to 1 into the NBA Finals, 
that is a price that certainly makes you scratch your head and, and, and makes you think twice about throwing some money uh, on the team right around the corner from you there in South Beach. Yep. Yeah, no, they uh, you know what it is, the balance that they have, because yeah. they don't need they don't need Jimmy Butler to score 30 a night. They've got, uh, of course, uh, you know, Kendrick Nunn coming up now, this kid coming out of nowhere, dropping in, you know, 25, 28 uh, a night uh, when when Jimmy Butler doesn't have to. And, you know, that second line off the bench there with Tyler Hero and Dragic and, you know, bam, like you said, they are. Yeah. And trust me when I tell you, Pat has got the the witch's hat on. He is brewing something up. There is the deadline. hundred percent. Pat Riley is going to make a move. Now is the time to strike. But this is a great team. And it starts with Jimmy Butler uh, not being the egotistical lunatic that everybody thought he is. And by the way, the Heat, 23 and 15 so far this season. Uh, second best team against the number. Number one oh, yeah. team. Against the number is the uh, the OKC Thunder. This was supposed to be a lottery team, right? Lottery pick team, tank job, 27 and 14, almost 66% against the number thus far in the NBA season. And those Celtics, uh, although they didn't win last night, they did, did cover, they cover getting nine yeah, and a half points, cover. 23 and 15 as well uh, in, uh, in that ATS department. Uh, and some of the worst teams, yeah, stay with the Pistons, 15 and 26. The Spurs, Spurs right? Yeah. 15 and 23, the Blazers, 16 Ugh. and 24. And then, of course, the Timberwolves, who continue to make noise that uh, there might be some sort of D'Angelo Russell to Minnesota for Carl Anthony Towns type of they, it, it won't go away here, man. But there's one thing we know is Cat uh, does not want to be in Minnesota much longer. Yeah, certainly not. I think the shoe's going to drop at some point. The last point I'll make on the heat. Uh, this is a team that's 18 and one at home, and they're now in the two seed in the east. So Crazy, right? they are a team that is going to be playing most likely at home uh, for most of the postseason. Uh, yep. I love that for them because they are one of the best home teams in the league. Back to Carl Anthony Towns. What you're seeing now is the dichotomy of what the NBA is now, which is if I'm not playing with a star, if I'm not playing with my buddy, if I'm not playing with a team that's winning, I'm going to whine and gripe and I'm going to get myself out of town as fast as possible. Now, I'm yep. sure D'Angelo Russell isn't too excited about the thought of playing in Minnesota, uh, but for Russell right now, you just need minutes because there's going to be a point where all the guys for Golden State are going to come back and you're going to get pushed back to the wayside again. So I think if you're Russell, you see the writing on the wall now and you're like, okay, this is my one year to shine in Golden State. Maybe yep. if I have another decent season, uh, I can kind of extend uh, this fairy tale of me being an elite talent in the NBA uh, and playing at the highest level and being in an all-star caliber. So maybe in Minnesota, he can continue to be that volume shooter that he needs to be in order to be successful. But I think his clock is starting to tick uh, in Golden State because you're going to get Curry back at some point. You're yep. going to get Klay Thompson back next year. And you know the Warriors are not going to be in this spot for long. They're going to yep. try to make a move to get back to the best team in the NBA status that they had for so long. I, I think Russell's time with the Warriors as that main guy uh, is certainly dwindling. Yeah, it's uh, and it's interesting. They did a, uh, a great job last night. They were at home. Denver missing half the team uh, wasn't playing last night in Golden State. But uh, Golden State gave them, uh, gave them just fits there last night. Everything they could do, taking them to overtime, eventually lost. Uh, but they were getting three and a half points. So they did cover as a three, a point, three and a half point home dog last night. Favorites. Ruled the roost there last night, four and one, but dogs three and two against the number. And it's funny, you know, you mentioned Miami's. I'm looking at the first half stats. You know, the Heat are also the best team to the over, 24 and 15. So second best team against the yeah. number, 
first best team uh, covering the over. And uh, and by the way, the the next in line there, shocking. How about the Spurs, twenty four and fifteen to the over uh, in the, in the first half, and some of the worst teams. And this might be shocking to you guys. The Warriors, number one team to the under. There's just the the best under team. How about the Rockets and Nuggets at twenty three and seventeen next? Because they're setting those numbers best. so high. I yeah, mean, those numbers. Yeah. It's too high. You know, you just, you know, and I think that's a good point because you get this thought in your head that these teams are over teams or these teams are under teams. You mm-hmm. need to take a close eye at these numbers because yep. some of them are astronomical. And if you have one bad quarter, one bad stretch with a number of 240, you're not going to get there. And, nope. and and I think, you know, if you're an over better in the NBA, I think you need to take a hard look at some of these scoring teams that do a really good job scoring the basketball but they're just very inconsistent. And that is where you need to look for more value. You need to look for the numbers that are a little bit lower. Some of the teams that, and I think the Heat are actually the perfect example. I had a great discussion with Kevin Walsh about this. I don't know why, but for some reason, the books have just not adjusted to the Heat totals. They're all no. in the 220. So no. I, I, you just have to look past, all right, I'm going to pick the biggest number on the board tonight, and I'm going to go over because these teams have not been successful hitting that number. Yeah. And it's uh, it's interesting, too, guys, when you look at uh, some of the other trends in here and, you know, the Miami Heat are one of those teams where the market will event. It takes them a little while, but we know you're always going to be it's overvalued. Lakers overvalued. Oh, yeah. You know, it's uh, it, you're always going to have that situation with some of these teams. But I've also been amazed that how undervalued Toronto continues to be on a weekly basis as well. I mean, we're talking about right from the opening, the defending champs, and it was like the markets thought because they lost Kawhi, they're not going to be able to compete. They're going to, you know, there have been well over a dozen times this year where the wrong team was favored, and it was, and it was going against Toronto, and all they do is go out there now that they're getting healthier again, uh, dominate the boards, they play great defense, shut down, and the shooters are there. There is, we forget about Toronto, but I would I would caution people about forgetting about Toronto as uh, as the second half kicks off here. Yeah, also one of the toughest home court environments when that place yes. is rocking in the NBA. Yep. And I think that's something that goes very unnoticed at this stage in the year because it's Toronto, it's the wintertime, everyone's miserable. Uh, you know, just ask Gabe and all them and Cam and all them when it's freezing cold, you don't want to do anything. But then all of a sudden it gets to April and May and the weather gets better and they've got that outdoor thing going and all of a sudden they're in the postseason and that place turns into basically Cameron Indoor on steroids. Yep. And it, it's wild there. And, you know, they rode that wave all the way to the finals last season. Obviously, it's a much different team this year. But the role players and the ability to grind out games in April, in May, when things are just a little bit tighter on the boards, things are there's another hand in your face that's a little bit closer. This is a tough-nosed team that's very well coached. They will be in the mix come playoff time. I actually think I would put them ahead of Boston right now. I would put Milwaukee and Miami and Toronto as really the top three. I think Philly's in there as well if they could figure out the mental situation with Embiid and Simmons and, you know, get them playing at a more consistent level. I think those are your top four teams in the NBA or in the Eastern Conference right now. Uh, And I'm not buying the Boston Celtics right now. I'm just not. No, I'm with you, man. I absolutely. I think there's some values in some futures. And uh, I got one big NBA trend here in the first half that'll make you some money coming up this weekend. We'll talk about that. Plus, we'll see if uh, we can get Jay to sports keg on the horn. Next, as we look to make it rain, heading into the weekend on this Friday.
sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. All right, here we go. Time to uh, help you make it rain here this weekend. Jared Smith joining me is uh, on the grid, sportsgrid.com, as uh, we'll break down uh, these uh, these two football games that remain, and two teams will be on their way to Miami uh, shortly afterwards uh, this Sunday. So uh, we'll see which way we are leaning. But we were talking halfway point of the NBA. It is in the books here, guys, getting ready for the second half. And a couple of the trends worth noticing, two things stuck out to me. Uh, one of them is, you know, it, it, it's the law of averages. And that's always a, a big thing to remember in sports handicapping, Jared, from the standpoint of oh, yeah. um, things always eventually one way or the other work their way back to the middle. And we've seen this throughout a football season. The data shows it, guys, that. You know, everything eventually um, goes back the other way. Teams that uh, teams that get bad breaks and uh, and lose one score games, and they're eventually the ball will bounce the other way over time. We know this. Uh, and you look at the home uh, the home team and road teams this year against the number guys, and look no further than what we have seen from dogs, favorites, home teams, and road teams. You ready for this? Here's the percentages against the number. Dogs, 50.3%. Favorites, 49.7%. Home teams, 49.2%. Road teams, 50.8%. If that ain't in the middle, brother, I don't know what to tell you, man. If that is not, A, showing you how sharp the market is, number one, but number two, how things will always you know, it's everything's going so far. Like eventually it's going to come back right to the middle. And uh, it, it always does in sports betting as well. So it's important for people to remember that. But we're talking 50-50. Home, road, dogs, favorites. Dude, that we're only halfway through the season. That's crazy. Yeah. And what it tells me is the books are probably having a decent season in the NBA because yes. you've got a lot of guys that'll just play the dogs. You've got a lot of guys that'll just play the favorites. They'll just play the over. They'll just play the under uh, because they just they're they're not diving into each matchup. They're just, hey, I like the over. I'm just going to bet the over in this game, especially the public uh, loves betting, obviously, overs and favorites. Uh, I, I think when you look at each individual team and the specs between home road, underdog favorite, there's some really good websites that can kind of give you some hints as to which teams cover as home dogs, to which teams cover better overs on the road. You know, so I would recommend going in and looking at each individual team. Don't just look at the overall home road splits because you will lose if you're just like, all right, I'm just going to bet every over in the NBA every night and hope for the best. Uh, That's why we exist. That's why websites like ours exist. That's why, uh, you know, handicappers exist. There's another level to this that you can certainly look into. The NBA is interesting, though, because I feel like in the NBA, there's actually more value these days with the unders. And I know that is probably the hardest thing to do is to bet an under in the NBA because it's 48 minutes of absolute sweat. But what we're seeing, I think, with some of these bigger teams, like we mentioned with the Rockets, these numbers are very inflated. So you want to almost fade where the market's going. So with the Rockets and and these teams that are over teams, you would perceive them as over teams. You want to go under. You want to zig when you're zagging. When the other, when everyone else is zagging, you want to zig. Yep, I will. Uh, I will tell you on hold. 
Overs, 50.7%. Unders, 49.3% in total. <laughs> the but there are some answers to be had. A, a couple of those numbers that stuck out, though, and, and to Jared's point here, is obviously that's league-wide. Uh, yes. When you when you start you know chiseling it down here, getting into certain teams, I can tell you non-divisional, uh, I mean uh, divisional unders. Uh, teams within the same division, guys, that's actually been very profitable. 56.3%, 67 and 52 uh, as uh, overall so far in the first half. Also, big dogs this year in the NBA. In other words, 10 or more points. Like, let's say, last night you had a... Uh, uh, you had a couple of teams there. Uh, the Clippers, in fact, were 11.5-point yes. favorites over Orlando. Yeah, they covered, no problem. That's been a very profitable trend in the NBA in the first half. 58% backing uh, backing big dogs here. 10, uh, 10 points or more, 58 and 42 against the numbers. So while the Clippers, uh, it was nice that they were able to get the job done against Orlando. It's actually been very profitable to go ahead and back the dogs getting more than 10 points. And, and that's usually because you have those big, it's Cleveland, it's the Knicks. And what people yeah. don't realize is that, yeah, guys, you know, 58% of the time, uh, if they're getting 11, 15, 17 points, a lot of crazy things can happen in a fourth quarter in a blowout. You 100%. know what I mean? 100%. So, Another trend that I love too, Joe, is look at teams after a loss. Yeah, I think that is one of my favorite exam kind of points to examine because you do get a bit of a skew with the number. And I think better teams, the elite teams, the Clippers, the Lakers, the Heat, the Bucks. Uh, in fact, I'm looking at it right now. Miami's 10 and two ATS coming off of a loss. Uh, you know, so there's there's little things that you can kind of point to coming off of a loss in the NBA is, I think, mm -hmm. one of the best trends I like to examine team to team. The best teams in the league will always play better coming off of a loss. You just yep. don't see teams like Milwaukee, like L.A., either one, play bad teams back-to-back, -back, play bad games back-to-back. Yep. -back. So yep. keep an eye on who the team has played in the last game and also mm -hmm. what the travel situation is and look to back good teams coming off of losses. That is just yep. a very – that's a really strong trend uh, that I feel like considering how many games that there are in the NBA, you're going to have a lot of spots where you're going to be able to back my – like the best teams in the league are going to lose 15, 20 times this year, you know, 25 times this year. Yeah. So you're going to have 25 moments where you're going to be able to back that team coming off of a loss where you're getting just more of a sliver of value than you normally would. Keep an eye out, uh, you know, to Jared's point for um, – um, for big wins too, big blowout yes. losses because favorites guys so far in the first half of the NBA season, uh, favorites that are coming off a 10 point loss or more the following game, right? So let's say Miami gets blown out by, uh, by 15. They're all of a sudden they're a favorite in the next game. Yeah. They're 61 and 45 against the number. So talk about a bounce back situation, almost 58% where a team gets blown out. And this is obviously a good team. That gets blown out, and then the next night, if they lose by ten or more, the next night they're a favorite, or the next game that they're a favorite, yeah, they're they're cashing you a ticket fifty eight percent of the time, Jared, which is just absolute uh, absolute money. So, and to your, it's got to be good teams, otherwise they wouldn't be a favorite the next game. Yes.
Exactly. And that's the key because when these numbers move after losses, it's almost more of a reaction to the market than anything else. It's not mm -hmm. anything about these teams have gotten worse or they've gotten better. Obviously, injuries can be something to keep in mind. Like if a team not only loses the game, but they lose yep. their best player, say, you know, the Bucks lose by 30 and Giannis gets hurt. You know, obviously that would be a rare situation where you would not want to look to back the Bucks in the next game. You would want to probably let the market settle a little bit and get a little bit more information. But I really think the and, and we're going to start to see it more down the stretch when the good teams face each other. I am yep. very fascinated to see how good how these good teams bounce back from losses when the playoffs are on the line, when more is at stake. We're starting to reach that point in the NBA season now where each game does matter. And I, mm. I haven't say we reached it yet. I would say it's probably post All-Star break. Once we get to like March 1st, you're going to see every, you know, the defense is going to tick up a little bit less. You're going to see less load management nights. So I, I think we're starting to reach that point in the NBA season where things are really starting to level off, where the market has settled. The, 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 the odds makers yep. understand which, which team gets a little bit more for home court, which team shouldn't get more for home court. So the, 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 the lines won't have as much movement on them on game day. And of course, when, once we get to this stage, defense is going to become paramount. We'll see less overs. Uh, we're yep. going to see probably a little bit more of a, of a tightened approach to the game plans. And you're going to kind of see these teams really understand what they're going to have to do to make that postseason push. It's going to be fascinating. And the yep. NBA is absolutely wide open this year, Joe. I know, obviously, the Lakers and the Clippers and the Bucks are sure. going to be those three teams. But there's going to be a team that's going to make a run. It's just a matter of who and who gets hot come April. And uh, and we noticed it. I mean, Toronto last year, guys, uh, yeah. they just they got on a roll and they could not be stopped. Um, I will tell you also that um, following the market is obviously imperative. We talk about it all the time where it is a market, guys. Sports betting is all about markets, just like uh, futures markets, soybeans, uh, you name it, guys. Oh, yeah. Uh, whether you follow Big it on Wall Street or you follow it here. <laughs> It's a market, and I can tell you this. What the market tells us this year so far in the first half in the NBA, when the over of a game, when the total of a game, when it, when it actually rises two points during a week from the opening number, the over has hit 56% of the time. So when you start to see it climbing up there, two points, you get two points or more, yeah, there's uh, that game is usually going over, and it has 56% of the time. And it looks like the number for the over-under, over totals of 210 or less, 55%. Unders of 230 or less, or 230 or more, rather, 56%. So that mm. seems to be the cutoff line there. If you got 210 or less... Well, then it looks like uh, the over is uh, is good for 55% of the time. 230, 235, 240 or more, yeah, the unders are hitting 56% of the time. So that seems to be the two numbers to look for. Yeah, and what that tells me is you want to look at the games every night that are in that 220 range because I think oh, that's yes. where you get the most diversity with the line and where you can maybe see the best value for betting it over. Uh, so, you know, look to kind of get in that two teen two twenty range. And I think the heat are a great example of that because the heats numbers, I've seen a lot of two twenties uh, with yep. Miami this season. That's why they've been such a good over team because the books have not, yeah, the books have not mm -hmm. pushed that number to two thirty yet. yet. Uh, you might see that at some point in the season. And once you do, 
that's when you got to come back on the under. So it's almost like you want to, just like the stock market. And I'm looking at mm -hmm. it right now with what we're seeing with our stock market right now. It's at an all time high and it's great. It, you know, I'm a little bit hesitant to push my money into the middle because the market's very overvalued, despite the fact that's that correct. it goes up every day. I still am hesitant. So you have to, as a gambler, you have to be hesitant when you see the markets push certain teams up to certain numbers. And the Rockets are literally the prime example of this. They are such an inefficient team, but the stigma around them is such a scoring team that that number is going to be pushed higher on any given night. And another good number to look at here, and I don't have it in front of me, but I'll pull it up at some point. Look at the pace of teams. They have this great oh, yeah. stat on the NBA's website. It tells you how fast they go before they take a shot in every 24-second shot clock. Yep. To me, that yep. number is as important as your shooting percentages. Because if you take more, because the NBA is such a volume sport. If you take one, two, three more shots per game, yep. you're going to, on average, hit your over probably a percentage or two or 3% more. And at the end of a long season where you're betting a million games, that one to 2% could make the difference between profitability and not making money. Yeah, and uh, it's <laughs> exactly it. Buy low, sell high, guys. We're not reinventing yeah. the wheel here. The concept no, is the same. All. Two games on the uh, NBA card tonight that just fit some of those trends we talked about. Uh, you got two games that are approaching 230 for a total. One of them is uh, Memphis against at home against Cleveland. The other is San Antonio uh, at home against the Hawks. And we told you how profitable San Antonio has been to the uh, over. But it's uh, those are two numbers that you should take a look at, as well as Toronto and Washington here tonight. Uh, that, too, approaching that 230 mark, 230 or more. R Raptors at home. Wizards visiting uh, Raptors are laying 10. This is another, you know, getting healthier. Like we said, this is one of those. This is one of those spots, Jared, where we're oh, going. Yeah. Um, here they go. They know second half of the season. They got Gasol back tonight. They got see they got them all back. Now it might be time to uh, to start locking people down and uh, and start showing them how hard it is to actually uh, beat them in Toronto. And just how good has Memphis been this year? I mean, Memphis yes. is such a fascinating team. And I know their record, you know, they're still under 500. But I think they've won like six or seven in a row. And I was actually mm -hmm. just looking, you know, speaking of coming off of a loss, Memphis coming off that big win against Houston, over is 11-7 and seven off Grizzlies wins this year. So they have yeah. played very well. They're a very streaky team. And yep. they're on a streak right now. Interesting team to back uh, yep. so far tonight. Yep. And wait for the, look for that 230 total. And then uh, look for our uh, favorite plays, our Make It Rain plays of the night and the weekend. We'll do that next year on The Grid, sportsgrid.com. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, here we go. Morning after uh, coming your way. Uh, plus, uh, do not forget, Jared Smith will be joining us uh, for Pro Football today, Sunday. Oh, yeah. As we will uh, get you everything you need to know, break down those uh, those two big championship games, and uh, we'll have our picks and our plays and everything for you. Then Jared will join us there beginning at 10 a.m. here on The Grid, sportsgrid.com. As Mike Blewett and, uh, and Ariel Epstein will join us, and we'll uh, we'll make it a profitable Sunday for you. As far as tonight goes, there, Jared, what are you looking at, man? What are uh, what is uh, one of your uh, make it rain plays of the day? 
You know, this Thunder Heat game's fascinating. We mentioned yeah, how good the Heat are at home. I mean, it, it's real. It's really the most yeah. fascinating game of the night for me on the NBA card. Uh, I think. I think I've got a lean thunder here. I think the line's pretty telling the fact that uh, mm. Oklahoma City is favored in this game, even though it is a very slight favorite. Uh, the Heat have not been great at home this season. Ten, or excuse me, they've been great at home. They have not been great on the road this season. 10 and 11 on the road uh, compared to 18 and 1 at home. So I, I'm going to lean thunder here. Uh, I'll probably get to the window on them later tonight. I'm curious if the line moves towards Oklahoma City. To me, that is the mm. indication. Uh, that the Thunder are the right side. Again, we're still very early in the morning. That is a later game tonight uh, at the, I believe it's the Chesapeake Energy Arena. That Oklahoma. is correct. Very nice. Yes, yes absolutely. Yes. Yep. It's yep. like one of yep. those weird, uh, it's one of those weird skills I have where I can name like almost every arena and every mascot in uh, sports. Hey, listen, if you, as long as you pick the winner, I don't care. That's a fantastic <laughs> skill, man. You name the arena, name the winner. I'm good to go there. Uh, I'm going to take, I'm going to look, and I know this number is eventually going to get to 230, guys, but uh, Toronto, full compliment. Gasol back, uh, Van Fleet back, and, and Van Fleet makes them a uh, better scoring team, but the reality is uh, his defense is really what brings it down, and I do think that Washington is going to have a very hard time uh, dropping points in in this game on the road against Toronto. Um, so I'd be leaning under in this game uh, in the NBA tonight for sure. And I would also take a look at uh, in the college game. I'll give you the stat, guys, so you can take a look at it tonight. But this, uh, this Michigan-Iowa game, Iowa at home tonight laying four and a half. Home teams in this series, nine and three against the number in the last 12, guys. Uh, they have yet to win on the road. Until I can see a Big Ten team win a big game on the road, give me Iowa, man. I'll take the point. I'll lay yeah. the points. Give me Iowa to get it done. Crazy home road splits to the Big Ten this year. Yep. About. Yep. Absolutely. Jared Smith, appreciate it. When are you on again here, brother? Uh, I'm on tomorrow, Saturday, all day, in game live, fun day. And then uh, Sunday, we got a big day of football. I'll be doing Sunday, uh, pro football. Sunday with you, and then in game live later. Appreciate it. Jared Smith, morning after next. Good. Have a great weekend. Take it rain. We'll talk to you again on Monday.